This is Dog Pound Radio with uh, Coach Banks, Coach Doherty. Tonight you're in for a special treat. Uh, I, I'm telling you what, man. We we have Round Guy Radio, all three of them tonight, ladies and gents. And we're, we're, we're pumped. We're excited. Let us know where you're from, where you're watching from, all that sort of stuff. If you're listening uh, on the backside, make sure that you share our program and that sort of stuff. Uh, Dog Pound Radio is brought to you by the Coaching Culture and Athletics Radio Broadcast Network. Tonight's show is obviously, it's a special plug, guys. The Life of an Overthinker. It's a book I've written. Uh, be sure to, to check that out and take care of it. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. I, I've got some I've got some icebreaker questions if you're ready for them. I'm ready. We're ready. <laughs> okay, let me let me share. Oh, is it going to let me present? All right, so it's going to take me just a minute to share my screen. Uh, let's see here. I think that's it. All right, so I'm going to clickety-click, and the first one's going to Dave. Who is your childhood famous crush? Well, uh, I kind of like Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett? I had the poster and the whole deal, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Fawcett. All right. John gets the next question. Which superpower do you want? Uh, I'd say flight. Flight. Okay. All right, so we'll go Scotty with the next one. Which team is the best team of all time? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I'm going to go with the uh, 1999 St. Louis Rams. Ooh, that's a good choice. All right, Coach Doherty, drum roll. What is your favorite book genre to read? I swear, this is not – I mean, uh, these, these are totally subjugated. I, 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 didn't pick the, I didn't pick the question. Whatever Chuck Banks is writing about. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness all right so we'll go to scotty for the next one uh-oh okay i gotta i have to expand it would you support national avocado day as a work let's see let me slide it over as a work holiday i absolutely support this i support any work holiday the more the better i think we americans spend way too much time at work it's time to up the uh holiday time off Okay, you know, you know, I. Hey, it also goes with the uh, the green behind him. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. this, is all, yeah, this is my studio. We, we, you know, project flags and stuff back up here on the screen. So. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good thing you're not wearing green, or you'd be invisible. <laughs> okay, John gets the next one. What food will you never eat? Uh, look at me, I eat too much. Uh, <laughs> um, what would I never eat? Oh my gosh. I would never eat any raw fish. Raw fish, yeah. That's uh could you imagine eating raw carp carp? Okay. No. All right, all right. Uh Dave, would you rather do a large project independently or as part of a team? I'd like to be part of this team, but there's other teams I'd prefer to be away from. So uh, I guess that's on an individual basis for me on that answer. Okay. I think uh, when Dave was a kid, he often got a little note from his teacher that said he didn't play well with others. <laughs> oh, man. Was, I don't know. Were you the guy that would fall asleep? And then uh, say that history teacher didn't teach me nothing, and that's you know garbage because you fell asleep. Well, 
great history teacher for literature or English or something than he is. <laughs> but I was awake during the history class. I enjoyed history. Oh, that's good. It's my favorite subject. Okay, we're going to go the double D, Coach Doherty. Ooh, were the Spice Girls Ooh. a good team? <laughs> um, they put some good music out there, so I'd say yes. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go we'll go through one more time. This is kind of fun, Dave. Uh oh, that uh, that's extremely. Show us your phone background and tell us the story behind why you picked this image. <laughs> I don't even know if I got my phone here. I think I think he's using a jitterbug. Oh, hold on. I mean, uh, oh well. Oh, it's a smartphone. Is it fair faucet? There you go. <laughs> Ah, that's that's not bad. Uh, uh, I don't. Oh, yeah, I, I guess because I, I'm I'm poor with technology. Apparently, here you go. He's I got, he's got nothing. Supposed to have this. It's oh. gonna be a test. I would have prepared. I guess. <laughs> uh, well, you can't uh, can't can't have a test on these, John right? John and uh, Scotty are one ahead of me after that question. Hey, <laughs> right, there's Mama Doherty. Hi, Mom. Okay, I'm gonna say hi, Mom, as well. All right, so uh, Coach Doherty's next. What is your favorite holiday tradition? Oh, buddy. Um, I think I asked that to you last week. Yeah, I, I think it probably changes. Um, kind of depends on the season. But um, I really enjoy the 4th of July on the river with my family. Okay, yeah, that uh, that's, that's awesome. All right, so we're going to go. Let's go John next. What celebrity... Do you most people say you look like? Huh. <laughs> that's uh, that's crazy. I had somebody recently. I was in a parking lot, walking into a, a business, and I had a suit on. And when I walked in, the lady said, "I saw you through the glass, and I thought you were Blake Shelton." Blake Shelton. And, and I, I told her, I said, "I'm sorry, I disappointed you." <laughs> <laughs> you should have just started singing. There you go. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, I think I already got Coach Doherty. Uh, last but certainly not least is Scotty. Here it is. Mm. What is your favorite song to sing? Imagine that. Ooh, favorite song to sing. I don't. I don't do a lot of singing. I'm. Uh, I'm a drummer, not a singer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, singing. And generally, I sing at work when uh, a song I don't like comes on and I make up a new version that's not appropriate for the radio. Just the co-workers laughing. Uh, we like to make fun of Bojangles a lot. I sing a lot of Bojangles at work. Yeah. Bojangles. I hate that song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. That was, uh, that was interesting, uh, you know, to say the least. But, uh, hey, you know what? We, we, we broke the ice. Um, you know... Any, any time that you get uh, several different personalities together, sometimes it's uh, it's hard to rein in. Uh, how how, uh, how do you how do you maintain your composure or your ability to focus in, especially you know whether it's uh, here or whether it's uh, like when the the live fire is happening, Dave, when you're doing soccer. Oh man, well. I can't quite contain myself when I'm doing soccer. Uh, when that ball goes out of bounds for the 88th time in the last 60 minutes, uh, I just get it, you know, I get up on my feet and say, let's do that some more. Uh, uh, but uh, there are other sports that I do enjoy a lot more, I have to say. 
Uh, baseball, by far, is my favorite sport. But uh, uh, I sure enjoy talking to high school football. You know, that's uh, really become a love uh, of mine. Uh, you know, it just, I was just, I really didn't have a, a focus of what I wanted to podcast. I wanted to have a podcast, you know, and I wanted to make an impact. I wanted somebody to listen. And Scott and me were just talking on the phone about high school football. And I'm saying, wow, this, I'm really enjoying talking about this. So uh, I said, maybe we just try this, you know, because we're just trying anything. Uh, and uh, by God, people started listening right away. And we went from, I mean, I got two listeners after my first week, you know. Uh, we're about to cross 40,000 listeners. So uh, that talking to Scotty was a good idea. And then uh, bringing John Bain on with about 20,000 and, He'll double it. Been uh, a lot of good decisions, you know. We're all different. I mean, Scott and me are different. John and me are different. But if we were all the same. It wouldn't even be uh, a network, I guess. It wouldn't be a show. And uh, uh, I think people can think what they want and do what they want in this country, you know. It's a, it's a good place to be. And uh, John calls it Radio Free Iowa. You John, ask about that. John I, I, I'm going to have you expand on Radio Free Iowa. Well, basically, uh, when, when talking to Dave, you know, we, we talk about what we've got going on on the podcast. And our main goal is to highlight the, the positives of Southeast Iowa and also bring it to people unedited. You know, let people talk in their own voice. Let us talk in our own voice. And that's something you don't get to hear on mainstream media or see on mainstream media a lot of times. And it's a situation where we let, if you, if the conversation is a great conversation, it might go 25 minutes, 35 minutes, 40 minutes long. If it's something that we get covered in five or six or eight minutes, it's going to be a short conversation. But the whole idea is when you listen to it and you're hearing it from Southeast Iowa, it's radio free Iowa folks. You're getting the real deal. The real story. That's, that's kind of a, a term they coined in Illinois about the, our Illinois yeah. listeners kind of come up with that radio free eyes. Like, well, you know, you know uh, I was just saying, ahead, during John. the pandemic, during the pandemic, a lot of states were a lot more locked down than our state, and we and our state was doing things and still working and being Americans and having that American spirit and. Uh, I think people could hear that in our voices and in the stories that we shared and told. And that's also where the Radio Free Iowa comes from. Uh, that's, a, that's a good point. Now, Coach Doherty and I, uh, we, we kind of got the podcast rolling, the coach show during the pandemic. And, you know, uh, Coach Doherty, it was exhilarating because we were able to have these conversations, uh, albeit, uh, you know, it couldn't be face to face, but uh Man, what was it like when I kind of reeled you in? Because I kind of did. I, I think you were like my third guest, and then I just reeled you in. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was nice to be able to talk football. You know, we, we weren't able to see people, a lot of text messaging going on. But uh, once we got this this video stream and everything, it's a lot of fun. I'm glad you pulled me in. Uh, I appreciate that. Now, uh, Scotty, how do you, how, you know, because sometimes, uh, you know, different personalities or differing personalities are, are like a marriage, but how, how do you work with Dave? Uh, you know, at times when you're like, man, Dave's going on a rant, how do I chime him in and that sort of stuff? He, he rants in a different way that I do. Um, but we're both pretty ranty guys, honestly. 
I try to keep that to a minimum on the podcast, and I think he does too, because we want that positive vibe, you know. And uh, sometimes it gets a little dicey depending on the yeah, situation. I mean, well, sometimes we argue over who's going to win between Minneapolis and Buffalo. Yeah, but in in general, we, there's no disagreement that we both love football. You know, uh, I mean that's I mean that's I I don't know. Me and Scott, I always thought we got along great. You know, we basically oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We hunted a little bit. We, hey, I've been friends with them through three girlfriends. Wives. There might have been wives. I, I don't. I'm still here. They're all gone, but I'm still here. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, Pat, I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> folks, you heard it here uh, on Dog Pound Radio. You know, and you know the night with the simulcast with uh, Round Guy Radio. You heard it here first. Um, okay, so. You know, th- here's a question for all of us, guys. Name name five types of food we consume on a weekly basis. Wow. Just limit it to five? <clears throat> yep. It, it, it can only be five. Well, uh, I'll, I'll go with meat. That would be mine. Uh, and fish. There's two of them. You guys got the other three. <laughs> well, um... You, you, want, you want five of mine, or yeah, go ahead and knock right. it out. Well, I let's let's go through today. Egg whites, oatmeal, protein powder, tilapia, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, broccoli, chicken. That's about it. Today? Diet Mountain Dew. Uh, not all of that today, but a chunk of it. John, uh, five that I definitely have throughout the week: steak, chicken, spinach. Tomatoes, uh, pizza, <laughs> which has a bunch of a bunch, bunch of stuff on it. Yeah. Coach Doherty, um, definitely protein bars, um, peanut butter and jelly. That's my my Monday through Friday lunch. Love it. Uh, carrots, love carrots. A lot of uh, yogurt, <coughs> and then uh, usually my wife cooks something really really good at night. Um, we're a pasta family. We eat a lot of pasta and things like that. Pasta. I I, I love pasta. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's uh it's always it's 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 always something that's extremely important. Now, uh, this question's for John and and we can all chime in. What do people misunderstand about you the most, especially in society that we live in today? I I don't Hmm, that's a great question. That that's really uh, making me have to, you know, get in the files here. Sorry, man. Yeah, yeah. Did you hear the wheels turning? <laughs> it's it's all good. Uh, the biggest misunderstanding of me, uh, that's a, that really makes me uh, stop and think. Let me. I would say that. Uh, that maybe I don't care about certain things when I do. And, but in general, I mean, I'm not going to give you a specific right now, just because there's a lot of a lot of stuff that people know about me on the on the public side of things uh, is pretty much what you see is what you get. And I think Dave can attest to that. For sure. <laughs> now, I, I, I like. To... Go ahead. Uh, I like to say that I like to clear something up. Actually, you know, uh, a lot of people think that I like Def Leppard, but I don't. <laughs> I haven't for 
for a long time. I mean, I did it for the first year or two, but after that, man, that was, that was enough, you know. <laughs> and I've been criticized for it, but I'm op- out in the open about it. So, uh, you know, I'm glad you guys let me get that off my chest, you know. But I uh, didn't mean to talk out of turn. <laughs> Coach Doherty, do you want to answer this one or no? Um, yeah, I would say that a lot of people, uh, cause I'm, I'm pretty quiet by nature. Um, I must have a, uh, resting B face because a lot of people, um, think that I'm, I'm kind of not a nice guy, I think, or that I'm, I'm pretty intense. Um, I'm, I'm pretty relaxed. I, I think you can say, uh, right, Chuck, I'm, I'm relaxed. Yeah, I mean, it's as, as relaxed as I am. Okay. Anyway. Um, relaxed. Well, yeah, we're, we're, I mean, but I, I think that's just the high energy that, uh, that, that we have. And, and, and sometimes we really have to force ourselves to, uh, to, to not put our foots in our mouths. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Would you guys believe that, uh, my sophomore class, their freshman year, they were all scared to death to come to my classroom because sometimes I raised my voice. But, uh, you know, in, in, in reality, I think the biggest mis- misunderstanding with me is that uh, people are going to see me as this strong, um, you know, uh, humble human being when in reality, you know, I have a lot of anxiety issues that I deal with on a day-to-day basis that, uh, that I have to fight through. But uh, but I always put on my good face and 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 I'm always out there to help people, you know. And that, and that that's what they see. And and John, you know, definitely what you see is what you get. But sometimes I have to, I really have to try really hard to, to be positive, especially in this day and age when when everyone's got a comment. And as that stupid overthinker that uh, that that drives me. You know, some sometimes I care about what other people think too much, and and I don't think a lot of people uh, knew that about me before I made that statement. Scotty, what do you got? Well, I'm a lot like Coach Doherty there. Um, I must give off a vibe that I'm very serious and uh, maybe even a jerk or something because I get that a lot at work with new hires. You know, they think that I'm going to be someone that's going to be difficult to be around or a little. I don't know. I won't. I don't want to say scared of me or something. But then they find out really quickly that I'm not very serious at all. In fact, I'm in trouble a lot for all of my goofing off. Uh, so it's, it's kind of a nice thing to show people, I guess. That yeah, no, I, I don't know what's wrong with my face, but um, I, I try to be a lot of fun, positive, upbeat every day, no matter what's going on. I put on that face like you're talking about, no matter what's going on. Um, and so I, I think that's it. Um, I'm the opposite of how I appear. All right, uh, Coach Doherty, you get the next question, my friend. Yeah, I just want to make a, a comment first. I really appreciate when you guys were talking about you highlight the, the positivities. Um, I think that's huge, and that's much appreciated. So with that, what's the most memorable um, interview show that you guys have had so far in your career doing uh, your radio? Oh, well, uh, let's each of us say uh, – one John's got some pretty good memorable ones. Uh, ain't, ain't even been on board that long, and he's got a lot of memorable ones. Do you want me to go first? I do. Uh, my very first uh, podcast episode I did for Round Guy Radio in December of this past year, I think it was on Pearl Harbor Day even. I think it was December 7th of 2022. 
And I sat down with Mr. Dave Stouffer in Washington, Iowa, in his home. And a lot of people in Southeast Iowa for the last 50 plus years know Dave as Santa Claus. And what was really powerful was um, his faith and um, realizing that uh, Christmas, you know, and, and recognizing Christmas is to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And he always remembers that and, and um, uh, it's part of his, his, his faith and it's part of how he is able to portray Santa Claus. So that's a really memorable one. Uh, another one that I had uh, a while back was with uh, an actor from a very famous television show. In fact, he had even had his own television show that was a spinoff of that television show. And that actor was Sonny Schroyer who played Enos Strait on the Dukes of Hazard, And um, uh, we're friends, and I had a great uh, interview with him on Round Guy Radio on Southeast Iowa today back in January, and we talked about how he got started in the acting business and his um, experience with working with Burt Reynolds in three movies. And, uh, of course, being on the Dukes of Hazard and the, the love he still has today for the cast, and he's still friends and communicates with the cast. And then I just had one the other day that was really cool. Um, it was with some uh, folks at Wayland, Iowa City Hall. And the episode's titled Bugs in a Bag. And what they do is in their sewer, the city sewer lagoon, they were at a point where the DNR said, your levels are not right in here. And you're going to have to invest millions of dollars in equipment to get things straightened out. And they ended up working with a gentleman who, a scientist, who has these bugs. I don't know the name of them, but they've got these bugs that are freeze-dried. They come in the size of like a, a cocoa mix economy uh, sack, and they put these bugs in, and they take care of all the bad stuff in the sewer lagoon and, and keeps the, uh, the, the water for the sewage and all of that regulated in the proper amounts, and they're saving the city millions of dollars. So there's three different ones right there. And they're all just, they're just been fun. Well, you go ahead, Scott. You've been hosting some well, shows lately. Uh, I, from day one, I've always liked it when Dave would get a hold of all you coaches, you know, and interview you guys, especially after big wins and stuff. That's, that's a ton of fun to listen to that. Uh, so this uh, spring or whatever, when I've been able to have the opportunity to sit and get in on some of these little previews or, or going over the, the districts and the, and the classifications and everything, that's been a lot of fun. But my very favorite episode is the Clay Edwards Just Settles one, because that takes me back to childhood. And I looked up to those guys from across the river in Illinois. You know, I had a cousin that was an All-Stater in Illinois at our school, is in that same class. And so we kind of paid attention to all these, uh, what, what, what I call Burlington area athletes, Quincy area athletes. And uh, it's, it's just very nostalgic to listen to those guys go back. And Jess remembers every detail. Clay remembers almost nothing. But it's a lot of fun to listen to those guys talk about all these players that I looked up to because I was a couple, three years behind those kids, you know, uh, in that age range. And, and so that's my favorite episode. Yeah. And we didn't, I didn't really ask them anything about college at all. It was more just about life growing up. That was a breakthrough episode yeah. for us. Uh, well, I, I've got some, some breakthrough episodes, you know, we, we did, uh, there's a, a unbelievable guitar player uh, who tragically died at 25 years old, but uh, 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 his name is Tommy Bolin. Uh, he, he grew up in Sioux City. Uh, uh, 
Uh, he was such a good guitar player. He's a professional guitar player at 12 years old. Uh, he would play every Sunday night in a jazz club that was on what would be like the Chitlin circuit at the time. Uh, we're talking early 60s. Uh, so he's 12 and he's 13. And every Sunday night, he's playing with musicians from Georgia, musicians from New York, musicians from St. Louis, you know, jazz musicians, blues musicians, you know, uh, whatever's coming through, whatever's touring. Uh, it was kind of a black club because there was a lot of uh, a black community there in Sioux City from the meatpacking plants and everything. And uh, Cal Basie's uh, uh, keyboard player ran the club. Uh, so they had all the... All, so. Tommy grew up, and he knew how to play all the kinds of music, you know. And then uh, uh, he heard that Jimi Hendrix album, the first one that came out, and he could play that note for note. And uh, uh, he hitchhiked out to Denver at 16 years old. And it's, at, between the time he was 16 and 17 years old, he worked at this club where these acts would come in, and he would be the guitar player for them. You look at the house band, you know. And he's working with Chuck Berry, and he's working with B.B. King and Albert King and, and Big Mama Thornton and and uh, uh, John Lee Hooker and uh, uh, Howlin' Wolf, you know, just every week. You know, he's the, you know, he'd be the opening act, and then he'd, he'd do the, you know, and such a good guitar player. And then he wound up replacing James, uh, or Joe Walsh in the James Gang. And then... Uh, uh, after a couple albums, they offered him his own contract, and he was recording a, a, his own album. He had a contract to go out on, on tour, and then Richie Blackmore uh, uh, quit Deep Purple. And they were looking for a guitar player, but how were they going to get one? They needed one that was top ten in the world. And, uh, well, uh, Jimmy, Tommy was beloved by, you know, Jimi Hendrix, by Jimmy Page. He opened, he, he opened for, like when he was 16 years old, he opened for Jimi Hendrix. He opened for Led Zeppelin in their first gig in the United States. He opens up, he was in a band called Zephyr, you know, and he opens up for them. And and Jimi Hendrix just tells him, man, he says, I'm going to start this studio. It's called Electric Ladyland. He said, I'm going to give you the keys. You can come in there and play, record any albums you want. Led Zeppelin had their manager uh, come and record him, that Tommy Kramer. Uh, he went on and played with, with uh, uh, Deep Purple. He cuts this album called Come Taste the Band. Uh, this James Gang Bang album is fantastic, and this Come Taste the Band. And they just, someone recorded a night that he did a, uh, a show with Big Mama Thornton, who uh, wrote that uh, song Elvis Presley was, uh, You Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog. Hound Dog, yeah. Yeah. But I'm telling you, it's the most, I mean, that's just him in the pocket blues all night long. It's, it's fantastic. He was great, but uh, uh, he was opening for Jeff Beck. Jeff Beck, uh, made a couple albums in tribute to Tommy Bolin. One was Blow by Blow, and the other was Wired. Uh, when Jeff Beck heard Tommy Bolin play, he it, he changed his whole way of playing into this. Tommy was this jazz fusion guy, and he'd been picked up by uh, a guy named Billy Cotham, who was in uh, the Mahavish New Orchestra. And they let him do his own album, and Tommy came in and played on that. And that's what Deep Purple heard. Uh, and then they said, well, we've got to have him. He just walked in. Because they had, you know, interviewed five or six different top guitar players in the world, and none of them. He says they, they heard Tommy for 30 seconds, and they got on their hands and knees and begged him to join, you know. But uh, there are some circumstances that weren't as savory as I'd like to talk about. But uh, he wound up uh, on his, you know, he was touring. His record was going up the charts. And 
And he wound up dying in a hotel room in Miami opening the first night opening for Jeff Beck. But, uh, I mean, that guy played with everybody. Oh, and, I mean, the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin. And just even uh, Paul McCartney and him hung out one time. I mean, uh, and he's forgotten. Well, so we were really happy to do that. But uh, also interviewed Hippie Tom from American Pickers. I thought that was fun. And, uh um, they're all good. But Coach Doherty, Coach Banks, they're way up there. Uh, but probably my favorite show on Round Guy Radio ever is uh, uh, Beat the Round Guy with Scotty Mel. That's that's my favorite one where we pick the football games and then we don't even keep score, but we just we really argue it out. It's it's, it's my favorite one. It's I call it the show that built the network. Nice, nice. Uh, I'll, I'll go next. Um, uh, years ago, uh, haunting, and then obviously uh, in in coaching, uh, in the coach show, it was Kurt Hines was was my favorite. What about you, Doherty? Yeah, Coach Hines, that was a really good one. Um, yeah, I, I would say uh, either that one or when we had Coach Schiffman on, it was awesome to to, to, to talk to him and be on this side of things. Um, I'm used to him questioning me, so it was nice. Well, Either that or Peter Jennings. When I asked him yeah. about running triple option, that was that was pretty hilarious. Now, John, you're an author too. Uh, let's let's talk about that book that you had. Well, I I have a book called Christie's Journey. The beat goes on, and Christie is my wife and I's my wife Andrea and I's daughter, Christie, and um, she suffered a, a cardiac arrest in 2019 at the age of 29 years old and never had a problem her whole life. And uh, fortunately, the Lord lined up angels to help her. And by do, by what I mean by that, it, this cardiac arrest happened while she was on the job. There were people there to get her help and start help and get CPR, first responders, police officer, Officer Michael Wade, who uh, performed CPR on her and kept her with us until uh until the uh, paramedics got there and and basically long story short they found out in texarkana texas and christus st michael hospital uh cardiologist dr kevin white and uh icu doctor um <laughs> how i can't uh, gosh i can't think of the ice i can't believe you got i can't believe i never forget his name but um um Gregory White, this ICU doctor, and Dr. Kevin Hayes, they found out that Christy was born with a defect in her heart, birth defect that we never knew about. And her pulmonary artery for 29 years was on the wrong side of her heart. And uh, they were able to get her lined up with a surgeon, Dr. Hani Najem in Cleveland, Ohio, at the Cleveland Clinic and um saved her and and did corrective surgery he was a pediatric surgeon because unfortunately when people have that kind of situation with their heart they don't usually make it beyond their teen years because they die on the playing field or the practice field of overexertion and such and christy played sports and i was a coach i make her run the bases extra and extra hard and everything else you know in softball and and all of that but the Lord performed miracles and uh, and lined up people that, I mean, just we are so fortunate in this world to have the people in the medical field that uh, do what they do and learn what they learn. 
so the rest of us can do things like podcasts and such. And uh, um, so anyway, I would tell people after she she had this uh, how blessed we were. And I said, I know the Lord has a plan for us, but I'm not smart enough to know what it is. And uh, lots of people would tell me that I should write a book. And I, uh, I did. And I ended up writing one, and it ended up getting published. And um, it came out. I started in January of 2020 writing it. And by January of 2021, it was published. And, and you can get it on barnesandnoble.com, walmart.com. You can go to the, the village on the square in Washington and buy one off the shelf. There's some on the shelf in Coralville, the Barnes and Noble. You can get it on Amazon. And we've just been very blessed. But one of the things I also want to say, Coach Banks, is, and I say this whenever I'm at book signings or uh, speaking engagements or any of that, is our family didn't pray any harder than anybody else's family does when they have a loved one in a situation. And uh, we recognize that not everybody's prayers get answered the way that they they are praying for, and we recognize it, and we recognize that we were blessed that our prayers happened the way they did, but all I can say is we have to have faith and know that there's a, a bigger plan that we just we just aren't completely privy to. 100%, 100%. Well, uh, I, I appreciate you sharing that story. Uh, I've got a 29-year-old daughter that uh, that also, she, she has AFib. And, and I used to do the same stuff with her. So, you know, like run the bases extra, you know, get, yeah. get behind the plate and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's that's an well, amazing that's, story. That's our job. We're dads. That's what we're supposed <laughs> to do. <laughs> I know. Coach Doherty, you got the next one. All right. So, uh, Coach Benson and I are both teachers. Um, obviously, I think uh, if you know either of us, we've had some great influences in our lives, um, parents and, and educators. So who would you guys consider the most influential people uh, throughout your lives? Who do you want to go first? Go ahead, go. All right. I'd probably have to start with my uncle Andy. And he's more of a sibling than an uncle to me. Um, he's my mom's baby brother. He's not even two years older than me. My grandmother had breast cancer when she was pregnant with him. She passed away by the time he was three. Uh, grandpa, his father, died in a car accident uh, three years later. And we already had Andy pretty much assimilated into the house because Grandpa was a traveling salesman, uh, fertilizer salesman. So he was already with us. You know, Grandma was sick and dying before he was born. She wasn't supposed to carry him to term, uh, but she did it anyway, you know, back in the 70s, which was not easy. And so I was blessed with, I'm the oldest, but I was blessed with this older brother figure. We grew up together. We did everything together, played sports together, against each other, fought all the time, you know, all that stuff like siblings. We don't see each other nearly as much nowadays. He lives in a tunnel with his family. Uh, we all ended up in Iowa for some reason. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's the guy that uh, I could talk to about anything. Um, he remembers things from childhood that I don't, so he can refresh me on stuff. He knows more about sports than I do. You know, and uh, it was just uh, pretty special to have that extra extra sibling growing up. And he's uh, just enough older than me to be kind of that uncle, you know, but uh, more of a brother. And uh, if I had a, I could probably make a list of people, but he's the most important one far and away and the longest. 
Who's that? Go ahead, Dave. Well, I was going to say Coach Doherty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually been sitting here thinking about growing a beard, really, to be honest with you. I mean, you should. Definitely should. I mean, uh, I, mean, I don't want to be any more devastatingly handsome than I already am. But, uh, no, I have to say Coach Doherty. What about you, John? Well, I would say I've got, I've got, I've got two that are right near the, that are tied at the top, and then I've got a, a number three that is a very close second. The first one would be my, uh, my. Oh wait, I meant to say Coach Lequa. He's never off. Uh -oh. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'll just leave you hanging there, Dave. <laughs> but uh, no, my first would be my uh, my grandpa Jess, my mom's dad. He uh, he could do anything when he was a young uh, boy. He only went went to sixth grade, and he uh, had, um, got sick when he was a kid. I believe it was with tuberculosis and he was in the hospital for a year and he laid in bed all the time and uh, he became crippled because of being in bed so long, but it didn't stop him. He worked at Farmall in Rock Island, Illinois for over 30 years. He raised uh, four, four kids and, and had my grandma as his wife and uh, the guy could do anything. He could, uh, he could fix anything that was wrong with a car. He could do any kind of electrical work. He played the guitar, the piano, the the uh, um, fiddle, the banjo, harmonica. Um, he played them all. And, and sometimes he played in the guitar and the harmonica, he played at the same time. But he could do anything. And, uh, um, so, and he proved to me that uh, anybody that thinks they can't do something, they're the ones that aren't going to do anything. And when you do have things dealt with that are hard and you still do it and you do it better than most people that can walk completely straight and upright, uh, that tells you what kind of guy he was. And then the second one is my dad. And I lost my dad uh, going on 26 years ago. Well, it was 26 years ago now. And he was only uh, 54 when he passed. But I learned a lot from my dad. and. Um, when you live in a household with someone, when you say you learn a lot, you learn the, the goods, the bads, and everything in between, and um, you learn a lot of respect and, and love and how you should be a man and uh, how you should support your community and help others in your community that don't have it as good as you. And then the, the very close second or tied for first is my wife, Andrea. We're going on being married for 37 years, and. Uh, She's just, she's my best friend. So there you are. Oh, man, I should have said my wife too. I hope she doesn't see this. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tag her, man. Uh, you, know, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, it's interesting, but uh, I would have to say my father, this is the 13th anniversary of his passing is today. And, uh, you know, he, he, he was always my biggest fan, uh, you know, growing up. And you know what was, uh, what was interesting is uh, I had no idea that uh, I was actually his biggest fan. Uh, you know, then then the time that that maybe hits us, and it hits us pretty hard. Now we're we're down to the nitty gritty. The last five minutes, Dave. Uh, what do you what do you got coming up? Uh, you you want to make a prediction on like uh, you know 
Uh, who, who's going to win state in Class 3A? I mean, if you want to make that prediction, you can. Well, all I know is I'm, I was going along pretty good until that last question. <laughs> dog Pound Radio's got me sleeping in the doghouse tonight. <laughs> After all that, Ruckus. Well, I guess I would rather uh, like to use my dwindling time on the show to talk about uh, the night that I opened for Bob Zaney in Fort Madison, Iowa, at uh, Tailgate something or other. I can't remember what it was called, but there was a, a train tracks that came behind there, and a train came like every minute. Oh! Round through there. But they had this, like, in, in front of the stage, they had this, like, runway, you know? So I come out to... Uh, uh, I'm too sexy for uh, whatever. I'm too sexy yeah. for my shirt. Yeah. Uh, no. No. I had a great time. It was a great night. Fort Madison is a fun place. Uh, uh, Bob Zaney stood there and did a master class on comedy, even with the trains coming in. Uh, must have told 200 train jokes. Uh, uh, but he just is so in the moment. It was just some of those nights are great, you know. Uh, I remember uh, being in Las Vegas, and uh, uh, do, I was doing this, the next show after Rich Little, and he come back into the uh, dressing room there. We had a drink together. God, he was a he was awesome. I, I worked with uh, David Spade and Chris Farley's brother uh, Kevin. Uh, pretty much lots and lots. We had lots of them on the show, but uh, none of them are as devastatingly handsome as Chuck Banks. I can tell you that. Uh, I've never seen Chuck Banks before. <laughs> Uh, I just rumored that he was uh, as handsome as he is. But uh, uh, well, I think that's it for me for tonight. Uh, Scott, you got any more? Well, just to add to this, uh, I think it's called Sidelines. Is that right? Down is it? Yeah, yeah. cool, man. Back in my rock and roll days, I drummed on that stage in some Battle of the Bands and whatnot. And there was a band from Burlington called Bone Drag that was real similar to Metallica that played so dang loud. That when the trains went by, you could not hear them. <laughs> they were awesome. That was good. That'd be a good way to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those people get me down there. Not everybody does. I love that. But uh, I felt accepted and warm, and uh, I, I never forget that. John. Sir, do you have anything? <laughs> I, how how do you top? You you shouldn't let me have to go after Dave. Oh, I know, I know. I mean, they got all that. Well, one thing, and we talked about it on this week in Round Guy Radio. Um, Jerry Springer just passed away a couple of days ago, well, and I won't get into all the details. <laughs> I said, "Well, you're about to be demonetized." <laughs> I knew if you told that Jerry Springer story, Dave, we were Dave it's, it's too late. You told your Fort Madison story. Oh, I know. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, Jerry Springer just passed away a few days ago, and in my past life, I was the director of programming for a television station group that had TV stations across the U.S. And back in 1998, I actually was in his studio audience, and I got to ask one of the um, people on the stage a question. I won't go into all the details of what I, I said, but it was hysterical, and the place broke up for uh, two and a half minutes, high-fiving me and clapping and all this other stuff. Anyway, flash forward to a year later, I'm down in New Orleans, Louisiana, and I'm at a Jerry Springer private dinner at Emerald's, uh, Chef Emerald's uh, restaurant down there, 
and we're in the wine room and I end up, I get to sit right across from Jerry and we're having our dinner and, and talking and just, you know, chit chatting like we're doing now. And I told him, I first I got out one of my business cards and on the back he had autographed it and I had it with me and I showed it to him and he says, Oh, that looks familiar. And then I told him about uh, how I had been, in his studio audience about a year before and i told him refreshed his memory on what i said he turned to his producer who was having dinner at the same time with us and said and they smiled and he looked at me he goes you were on our christmas reel <laughs> so if you want to know the story go to round guy radio and this week in round guy radio is just uploaded a couple days ago you're going to hear all the details Man, I, I, I'm extremely intrigued, but I was a listener before uh, you guys even called me. You know, I, I, I'm really disappointed that you didn't call me the year I went 0-8, dang it. Anyway, Coach Doherty, what do you got? Uh, nothing. I just want to thank you guys for, for coming on our show and um, for everything that you guys do for our area. It's greatly appreciated. Well, uh, Coach Banks, uh, Round Guy Radio don't truck with losers. Oh. So, so oh. we... we we just had the one you won, though, baby. It was the first call I made because uh, uh, we was wait, waiting on you. Uh, we didn't really want to establish the first year uh, as we were the second year. Second year, we did a really good job. Before we go, though, I want to hear from both of you guys. When did you start listening to Round Guy Radio, and what do you like about it? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, I, I started listening to Round Guy Radio a couple years ago, so I was probably uh, one of the original regulars. Uh, I, I just like the the information. Not only that, but you're interviewing coaches that I'm playing, and I and, and I was trying to game plan to figure out what the hell they were going to run, you know, and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I kind of I kind of used you in uh, in in kind of a you know a, a cheap way maybe. You know, to find out information, but no, uh, in, in, uh, in, in all seriousness, I, I, I appreciate your just, uh, being able to sit down. It's like, uh, being across the dinner table with you and talking shop and, and, and I, and I appreciate, uh, genuine people. So that's what I got. Coach Doherty, you're next. Yeah. I think I stumbled across you guys. Um, you had done something with coach Borison out of Mediapolis and he's somebody that I have the utmost respect for. And, and somebody yeah, yeah, it's who, coach Borison. He's awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. So just trying to, um, you know, learn learn more about about him and what he does. So listening to a great interview and it hooked me. And then uh, I'm with Coach Banks. I think trying to to get some inside intel on some other teams, but uh, just really enjoy listening to these coaches talk about their programs and how much pride they have in them. So um, it's not all scouting. A lot of it's just uh, I love being a coach, and, and I think it's awesome listening to other coaches talk about their program. You do you know, feel uh, do you feel used, Dave? No, actually, okay. uh, I got a great story about that exact topic. Uh, I uh, I interviewed. They had that uh, showdown, that eight man football Mark Martinsdale shootout with the double headers, right? So I'm interviewing both coaches, right? So I interview the Southeast Warren coach, you know, and he tells them we're gonna this, we're gonna that, we're gonna put three guys here, we're gonna put eight guys in the box, we're gonna. We're going to shut this down and that down. And Coach Enneker's listening to all this, right? And he gets down at halftime. He says, that son of a bitch didn't do any of that. You know? <laughs> he did the exact opposite of all of that. He, uh, so the, the other coaches might be deking you out, to be honest with you. But it uh, just reminds me of the military. You know, when we used to try to intercept other people's uh, 
messages and decode them and uh, Sometimes you're putting out fake information, you know, to try and get let the enemy hear about that too. So, but uh, I don't mind being part of the battle. No, it's it's fine uh, as long as there's bacon and and. Well, uh, you know, on our end, Doc Pound Radio, we appreciate you uh, stopping by and listening to us. Don't forget, uh, you can follow us uh, at every facet. Don't forget to follow our Spreaker account, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, because uh, Coach Doherty and I are going to be doing games of maybe on a a biweekly basis, and you'll get a chance to vote for those games, but that's kind of our live listening platform when you want to talk about radio. And there's a lot of people out there, I'm sure, Chuck, you have a face for radio. We wish you would just do radio. And, I, and I'm perfectly fine with that. But, hey, go out and get your book, Life of an Overthinker. It's available today. Message me. For everybody within the Coaching Culture and Athletics Broadcast Network and Dog Pound Radio, good night. <laughs>